Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, for the latest updates, information, and picks. You can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Saturday, October 8th, 2022. This is game two of the wild card games uh look y'all i threw 130 pitches tonight i'm tired i just want to get right to it and give you the plays and talk about what i like <clears throat> quick note i've been saying this for a long time if you've been here for any time uh made some changes with how uh adding run lines um scaling some things around that the way we were previously doing it was you know, like we do with football and basketball, which is one unit, two unit, three unit for A, B, and C. And that kind of made it a, a tougher thing to deal with, uh, with money line plays. Because if a team was like plus 250, it was like, and I really liked it. I was like, well, I don't need to put three units on a plus 250 play. So things just were different before, but the B plays have been doing really well. Uh, the C plays have been doing really well. All the plays have been doing really well. Uh, you can see all that in the Google sheet that's in the show description. So check that out for past, <clears throat> past information. Uh, you know, the last... Oh, two, three months, everything's been doing well. So uh, the A, B, and C is just to tell you kind of how I think I scale it, but I think all the plays are recommended. Uh, day one, A plays split one-on-one, but the B plays got both of them. So I, I recommend all the plays. I, I, just how they're scaled is the thing. So I don't want you to just hear a B play and be like, let's not play it because the B plays did really well day one. And I expect them to do fine. They've been doing fine for the last couple of months. <clears throat> and, the, and the C plays even as well. I got a couple of those today. So again, we'll get right to it here. Um, 12.07 Eastern first pitch raise at the Guardians. Uh, the A play of the day right here is the Guardians. Uh, they got it done for us on game one. I'm going to back them again here on game two with an A grade play. As you can see on screen, if it's minus 119 to in the minus one teens or better, Sideline says that's an A-grade pick. The current price is minus 108. I love the Guardians. Again, they have been so good to us, and I think they keep it rolling. I love what Tristan McKenzie offers them. And I don't really know what Tyler Glassnow is going to do. Now, he has made a couple of starts, and, and he's looked good, and the underlying metrics are there. This talk is he might be able to go five innings. Uh, Sideline still gives him a, a pretty good rating. In fact, a dead-even rating, really, with McKenzie. One gets an 88, one gets an 89. So we're calling the starting pitchers a wash. Uh, bullpen's probably a wash. I think the Guardians got a little bit of an edge there. Offensively, though, I think the Guardians have an edge, especially against the righty. Uh, they got some good left-handed hitting there. So I think the Guardians have a little bit better of an offense and at home. Sideline says they win this 57% of the time at minus 108 is a great price to play if we're going to win this anywhere near 57% of the time. I love the Guardians here starting us off, getting it done for us on game one. I think they can do it again on game two. The total got the under with ease on game one, but I'm actually going to go over this total in game two. I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. Uh, the starting pitching, not quite as good. Uh, I, I, I mean, Glasgow's been solid. And again, I, I like Tristan McKenzie. He's had a great season as well. But both of these pitchers are good, not great. And McClanahan and Shane Bieber are both great. And you saw it in game one. And so you had miserable hitting weather and two great pitchers and, and, and good bullpens. And so I was saying the six is way too high. Five and a half is probably too high. Sideline said the total should have been 5.3. And sure enough, we only got to three runs. But this is a little bit different. Sideline says this total uh, should be about six. Again, it's still not great weather. We're talking about 50 degrees. We're still not good on the wind and that it's going to be blowing fairly strong in one positive is that the wind might be blowing a little bit more across to start 
more than in. Uh, but the bottom line is, I just think the starting pitching is not quite as good as it was in game one. Still good, just not great. So I'm actually going to go over five and a half. It's a really low number. I think we can get this to six. So I'm playing the over. And like I said, a great pick on the Guardians. My favorite side of the day here for wild card game twos. 407 Eastern pitch Mariners to Blue Jays, projecting that roof to be closed again here for game two. Mariners get it done for us again, like all season. It's fun to have the playoffs be just like the regular season where we can trust the Guardians and the Mariners for us. <clears throat> Had them as an A-grade winner. A little bit different of a story today as the Blue Jays are a little bit bigger favorites, and, and I think that's kind of deserved. Sideline says it should be Blue Jays minus 145. The actual price I'm seeing on the Blue Jays is minus 150, so not really good value there. But the price I'm seeing on the Mariners is plus 139. Uh, so that's not really great either. I'll, I'll back the Mariners, but it's only with a C-grade play. It's just a little bit smaller of an investment because I just don't think it's worth quite as much. But again, as I said at the start of the show, I still think it's worth a play. They've been so good to us all season. It's just not a high-confidence play. because the, Or maybe it's less about confidence. It's just not a high-value play. So I want to stick to uh, our good principles here just because we're in the playoffs. Let's change that any... Plus 148 is sidelines mark for a B-grade pick, plus 161 for an A-grade pick. So it just needs to be higher odds. Um, the Blue Jays are favored in this game, and they should be favored. Kevin Gaussman is a better pitcher than Robbie Ray. I mean, they, they the Blue Jays traded, you know, they, they lost Ray, and then they signed Gaussman to replace him, and it's an upgrade. I mean, uh, there's really no other way to put it. Um, ERA, Gaussman doesn't beat by a little bit, but in the advanced metrics, it's by like a run and a half per nine. I mean, Ray's a solid pitcher, and the guy I've talked a lot about this season, I was comfortable backing him. He's, he's good, uh, but Gaussman is really good. So uh, the Blue Jays have that edge there. Relievers, I still give the Mariners an edge on the relievers, but offensively, the Jays have a better offense. It didn't show up in game one, but that was Luis Castillo, and, and it, it played out exactly like we talked about in game one, that Castillo... And Manoa, both really good pitchers, but Manoa having a little bit more pressure on them, struggles out the gate. Uh, you know, they give up another run later. Castillo is able to go out there and go as hard as he needs to or not to, to you know, extend a little bit. And, and it's all gravy with all the, all the good arms he has behind him. But those Blue Jays bats are still really good. And Luis Castillo is a better pitcher than Robbie Ray. So I think that the Blue Jays have a little more success against some end of note. Robbie Ray being a lefty. The Blue Jays are extremely right-handed heavy. I think the Blue Jays should be favored in this one. So I'm going to back the Mariners again. They've been good to us all season, but I just don't want to have a lot invested in it. I just want to have a little bit invested uh, just because knowing the, the, the Blue Jays and how they can hit against left-handed pitching. It's just not a heavy investment in my opinion. So I'll grab the Mariners plus 139 C grade pick. And I'm not going to actually play the over seven again. It didn't work for us in game one. Uh, Sideline says total should be 8.4. You know, it's questionable how many runs the Mariners can score, but as you saw here in game one against Manoa, this offense is still good enough to put up a few runs. They still put up a few runs off Gaussman. I'm just nervous how many runs the Jays get off of Robbie Ray. This this feels like a game that's three to three, you know, in the sixth inning, and we're not locked into a win yet, but we're heading that way. And then it's just, you know, guarantee at least the push. And then maybe we can get a, you know, a, a five to three or five to four type finish and get over. I just, these offenses are good. The relievers, Mariners relievers, good. Blue Jays relievers, not as much. Um, and, and like I said, I, I just think the Blue Jays get some runs here off, off of a lefty and Ray. So I'm going over seven again, didn't work for us in game one, but I like it here in game two. I don't expect the Blue Jays bats to get shut up again, like they were here on Friday. 
737 first pitch. Padres at the Mets. Padres. Whoo, boy. Uh, lighting up Matt Scherzer. Sounds like the plan was to throw Bassett here in game two. If they had won game one, that way DeGrom is set up potentially for game one of the division series. Obviously, now they've lost. That changes things a little bit. Now, since you know you have to use DeGrom, you'd rather use him a day earlier. So they're going to use him here. He has struggled down the stretch, but he's still Jacob DeGrom. And as much as he has struggled and that ERA has gotten a little bit higher, the underlying metrics still say it's there. He's still the best pitcher in baseball, and it's still not close. So I'm not really that concerned. Now, the model does know he's performed a little bit poorly over uh, the last several starts. So it is digging him a little bit, but even digging him a little bit, he's still the best pitcher in baseball. Um, the downside for the Mets here is that they have to face a lefty and Blake Snell talk about the slot with the Mets this season. Uh, they're pretty left-handed and switch are heavy. So they get a pretty sizable Dean going against a left-handed pitcher. I do trust the relievers more than the Padres, which didn't matter in game one, given that it was a blowout. Um, but it, it, it's just an awkward setup for the Mets. Cause you know, where they have a bullpen strength, you hope they, if you're a Mets fan, you hope they don't have to use it with the Grom um, facing a lefty in Blake Snell, who's pitched really well for the last half of the season. Um, it's a tough. It's a tough one here. The Mets are favored. They should be favored with, with Degrom at home, but uh, it's not a gimme. And then if they win this one, they, they get to face Musgrove, who's been up and down. But uh, Bassett's also kind of been up and down for them, so it kind of creates a, a situation where they still should be favored in Game Three, I guess, because they're bullpen edge. But it's just you know they obviously were hoping to get a win with Scherzer on the hill, and that didn't come to fruition for them or for us. I'm going to take the Padres on the run line with the B-grade pick. I think that there's value on the Padres here. Sideline says this should be Mets minus 155, and the current price of Padres plus 160 would be good enough for a B-grade pick on the money line. In reality, I'm only making one pick, mainly because I'm trying to display all this for y'all, and I don't have it set up in the, in the sheet to be able to do both money line and run line picks and split picks and stuff like that. I haven't said it like that for college football. I just haven't done it for baseball. So uh, really, I, I kind of like splitting this play a little bit here, taking a, a shot at plus 160, which is pretty good value, um, given how good Snell is and that, that he's a lefty. I mean, the Padres could hang around in this game. It'd be tight and late, and then who knows what's going to happen. Uh, splitting it between the money line and the run line, where maybe if it's late and then they lose by one, you know, home team for the Mets, ignoring, you know, we don't have the the, the ghost runner, whatever you want to call it, the, the freebie runner now and extras, but it's still hard for the home team to win by multiple runs. Um, probably a little bit harder now that you're not getting that free run or start. So um, if it is tight late, gets the extras at plus one and a half is, is golden. So I, probably splitting the bet makes a lot of sense. I'm just going to say I think the run line is a slightly better play than the money line, though. So my pick is a B grade on the run line. Padres minus 160. With regards to total, I'm going to pass. I uh, should have passed here on Friday. Um, I, I, I thought Scherzer would do better. I, I figured Darvish would do well, and sure enough, he did. It's just that Scherzer gave up whatever it was, four home you know, six runs on four home runs. When you take a few of those away, you know, Padres win 4-1, and we get that under. As it turns out, too many home runs. Uh, this one, I, I think, is priced really well. Sidelines is 5.9. Actual total is 6. I, I just don't think it's worth an investment around six. I think six is a very good number. If I if I had to pick, I'd go under as well, uh, given like I talked about the Mets' struggles against lefties as good as Snell has looked and the fact that Jacob DeGrom is still the best pitcher on planet Earth. But six is just a low number. And, you know, the Mets' offense is good enough 
to hit a couple of home runs. And as we saw against Scherzer, the Padres offense is good enough. You know, they didn't look good at the end of the regular season, but there's still a lot of talent there. And the true measure of that talent is not what happened over two months. It's what's happened over, you know, the two months before that, the two months before that, and two months last year, right? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a cumulative measure of all the Padres offense is still really good, as we saw on Friday. So six just a really low total. I think it's a pass. Uh, personally, total, if I had to pick, I'd go under, but it's not one that I think I'd rather be invested. I'd rather just stick to some Padres play, again, money line, run line. I think both are safe options, or both are, sorry, good options. I'm going to play a little safer on the run line just because I really do feel like this is a two to two game in the seventh or eighth inning. And then I don't know what's going to happen. It should be fun. Uh, it'll be competing on my TVs with college football, but um, a plus one and a half would put us in good shape if we can get to that one to one, two to two, uh, three to three late game scenario, which is, I think, very much on the table. Wrapping us up, 8.37 Eastern PM, Phillies at the Cardinals. Uh, look, full disclosure, I, I really hope the Phillies win because I think the Cardinals are the only team left in the playoffs that I have not done well on this season. So having the Cardinals out would make me feel better because I've had a hard time handicapping the Cardinals all year. And I thought that was going to be the case here on Friday as they had that lead. Uh, sounds like Helsley's fingers started going numb in between the eighth and ninth innings, and he doesn't tell anybody. And things just blew up for him. It cost us the under... Uh, even if he'd given up a couple of runs and the defense blew it up. I mean, that ninth inning was just a tragedy for, for us under betters on that one. We deserved better uh, with that game being two to nothing going into the ninth inning, that it didn't even need extras to go over. Uh, that's gambling. It happens. Uh, it's no different than the Memphis game. If you were with me on that, the college football, just a stupid, ridiculous loss. And, you know, it's, it's going to balance out in the end. <laughs> just, you know, a couple of really tough losses for us here on Friday. But we're going to get a stupid win we don't deserve somewhere else and it'll make up for it. Hopefully it's soon, right? We can at least solve that uh, that pain. But, I mean, that was a painful way to lose that under. But at least we got the Phillies pick. And uh, I, personally, I'm rooting for the Phillies simply because uh, I've done better on them than the Cardinals and I feel better by handicapping them. But I think they're the smart play here in game two either way. You know, heart aside, uh, the Helsley situation it sets up the Cardinals bullpen to be a little bit worse. He was the best pitcher in, in the bullpen and, and Gallegos was really good as well, but he also threw on Friday and we know there's a little bit of a ding for pitchers pitching in back-to-back days, not a huge one, but a little bit um, Hicks through Piante through like everybody threw in their bullpen. Now the Cardinals are in a really interesting situation here. If it was me and I'm not a major league manager, but if it was me, I would purposely throw Michaelis two times to the lineup and then go to Jordan Montgomery two times to the lineup. I think that's the best way to win this game. Kind of give the bullpen a full day off and just say, kind of like as an Astros fan, what they did with uh, Charlie Morton and Lance McCullers in 2017, uh, a couple of those games piggybacking him, and it was a pretty dang good tandem. And I feel like Michaelis and uh, Montgomery would be the same thing, being a lefty-righty tandem. Uh, so that's kind of what I would do. And if that's the case, the Cardinals got a shot here for sure. But even if they do that, all that's still worse than Aaron Nola. And if they don't do that, which I'm not sure if they're creative enough to do that, because that's not a common thing teams do. Um, the relievers, as, as solid as those relievers are, are still worse than Aaron Nola as well. And still right worse than the Phillies relievers who about the last half to two thirds of the season for the most part did pretty well other than just some blips at the end, but still overall a good set of relievers. So uh, best case scenario for the Cardinals, they can still be only a little bit behind what the Phillies offer in Nola. I talked about it yesterday. I think offensively, I think it's about a wash. They're both pretty good offenses. I think the Phillies are the better team here and, and the Phillies struggles a lot was 
They only had three starting pitchers, and Suarez started off the first month of the season pretty terrible, and Wheeler was hurt multiple times throughout the season, and they didn't have any pitching behind that. Uh, Gibson was okay for the first month or so, but then was terrible down the stretch. So, I mean, that's not an issue yesterday here with Wheeler, and it's not an issue here today with Nola. So I think the Phillies are in great shape. Uh, I'm backing him at minus 115. That's a, uh, a B-grade pick if we can get it at minus 109 or better. So at 115, it's only a C-grade pick. So it's the side I'd rather be on given the situation here, and hopefully the price gets better uh, by the time you watch this or you can shop around. It drops throughout the day, something like that. So if we can get in the minus 100-somethings, then it jumps to a B-grade pick. If it gets the plus odds, it's an A-grade pick. Even money, it's an A-grade pick. I doubt it gets there. Um, but I think the Phillies are the side here. Cardinals just having some issues now with the bullpen, and that creates a lot of uncertainty. And no, again, no matter what they do, whether it's uh, Michaelis, who was very human down the sh- down the last you know half of the year, basically, uh, whether it's him and Montgomery, who I like Montgomery, but I'm not sure he'll pitch, or whether it's you know Mats gets involved, or you know Hicks, there's a couple innings, whatever it is. It's solid for the Cardinals. Don't get me wrong. It's just not as good as Aaron Nola. So I trust Nola here. He's one of the best pitchers in my starting pitcher database. And that's a pretty big edge they have there. And like I said, I think they got an edge on the relievers too. And I think all that's enough to overcome the Cardinals home field advantage, which does help a little bit, but still only matters so much, even in the playoffs. So I think the Phillies are the side to be on. And again, if it can drop just into the minus 110 or better range, really, that would get it to a B grade. Now, I'm going to go under six and a half. Again, we got burned on this under here on game one, but that was fluky as can be. Cardinals being up against the up against the wall, it will be all hands on deck for them pitching-wise. And like I said, I trust Aaron Nola. Uh, weather-wise, we're talking about you know upper 50s to start, but low 50s to close. Winds have shifted to become a little bit more favorable from when I first ran this uh, as they're looking to be blowing out, but it'll be at three to four miles an hour. So not really going to have any wind effect. It should be a calm night, but a chilly night. And again, as I'm always talking about with Bush Stadium, a very pitcher-friendly ballpark when it's chilly and a very hitter-friendly ballpark when it's 95 degrees. So chilly night means not a lot of runs, especially with uh, Aaron Nola on the hill. So I like the under six and a half here, and I'm on the Phillies again right now at minus 115, though, only a C-grade pick. And that is all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Check out the website if you haven't yet. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you can show all the sorts of any content we provide on this channel. is dropped right into your feed. If you haven't yet, you still got some time if you're watching this earlier in the day to check out all that college football content. Got the timestamps there. Go check those out for whatever games you're interested in betting. Sign up on Patreon. Uh, just the lowest tier gets you the play of the day. So for Saturday, I'll have uh, a play of the time slot for college football. So my favorite college football plays for you there. Check out that Patreon links right down there. Uh, I'll have a show for you for game threes, assuming there are some. If there are no game threes, there'll be no Sunday show. But otherwise, there'll be a, a, a Sunday show for you. There'll be no Monday show because there's no Monday baseball. But there will be a Sunday show if there are some games. So whether I see you then for some game three talk or whether it's in the next week for week seven of college football, until I see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.